Welcome to another episode of the Amford Church Sermon Podcast. We're thrilled that you're taking the time to listen to what we have to say about God, the world, and you. These sermons are recorded live during our weekly Sunday morning services. To find out more about us or to plan a visit to join us, check out our website, amfordchurch.com. Again, thanks for listening and enjoy. Fantastic. Yeah, well, as mentioned, yeah, my name is Stefan Jones from Slaneshi, and, uh, you know, I love the local church, and I love the fact that in Christ, as Pastor Sammy was just sharing, that we are family. Um, I know this is Kamalanshire as well, so for some of you, I literally am family too, but uh, that's how it goes. But I love the fact that together, we are united in Christ, and so I want to say as well, from, on behalf of the people of 21st Century Church, who are your brothers and sisters in Christ, we send greetings to you. And uh, we love the fact that we can be united in the same cause and in the same vision. And we want to see Wales reached. We want to see the church built. We want to see Jesus glorified. And I want to thank you for your support as well. I know in my ordination, there was a message from Ammonford Evangelical read out. So I really want to thank you for your support and your love. And, uh, and together we can do this. You know, the church in Wales succeeded. I think we, we emphasize a lot the 1904 revival with one thing in Lacha. But actually, there was two centuries of... Lots of churches all over Wales working together that brought about an amazing move of God. And uh, that's what it's going to take if it's going to happen again. It's going to need all of us working together in it. And, as, uh, and I just want to say it's my honor as well to bring the word to you this morning. So I'm going to pray quickly and then I'm going to get into this. But Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it always brings life. I thank you that it never returns void. I thank you that it has the power to change us, change lives, to convict us. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to us now. You would speak to us the message we need to hear this morning, we pray, through your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, about a year and a half ago, I actually got married. And uh, it was not what I was expecting, because when I went to Sydney, I was single, so I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, a blonde, blue-eyed, Aussie, surfer, you know, that's kind of the kind of thing I was looking for. But uh, I came back, and I hadn't found anybody, and I actually returned to find a Portuguese, dark-haired, dark-eyed girl who was leading worship in church. She was living with my sister. The whole family were trying to push us together. So for a while, I kind of resisted, but in the end, I gave in. And now she's gone from being Marlene Felipe Fejeda Silva to being known in work as Marlene Jones. Much, what an upgrade. So, uh, so that's, that's great for her. But, um, you know, after we, we not long got married, she really surprised me one night because we were sleeping soundly, and all of a sudden, she sat up in bed and said, Stefan, we're not being seen by the same one. Now, I kind of just had a shock, heart racing. I sat up, thought, is there robbers in the house? What's going on? And so I looked at her, and she had her eyes wide open. She looked into my eyes and said, Stefan, we're not being seen by the same doctor. At this point, I realized she's either lost her mind after six months of being married to me, (laughs) Or she's asleep. Now, I don't know if anyone else does this, but this I've never seen this before, where it's kind of like she was fast asleep, but eyes open, looking at me, talking at me. It was very, very strange. And so I kind of went, yes, that's nice. Ironically, we, do, we are seen by the same doctor because we go to the same surgery. So I don't really understand, but I kind of went, there we are. O- okay, it'll be fine. And so she rolled over, and then she shouted at me again. You don't understand? It was confirmed to me in a dream. 
which was strange because she was dreaming. So there was lots of things going on in her mind at that point. And I got to be honest, after that, I struggled to get back to sleep, okay? My heart was racing. I felt really stressed. I felt she's, at any moment she's going to shout at me at something else. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like being stressed out, okay? I, I'm one of those pe- people who, I'm not a stress junkie. I kind of, I like chilled out. You know, on a Monday after church, I like going on my own to coffee shops and just chilling out on the co- you know, with a coffee and a book. I used to go to Armonford, but now I know too many people there, so uh, like Sammy and Rodri. So, it, so I try and find where I can go to kind of uh, sit there and be quiet. But we know this feeling, right, of stress and what to do in a situation. I don't know about you, but I'm always convicted in Wales versus England games because I care far too much about it. I realize the final 15 minutes of the game last week, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. At that point, you know, when they were going through the phases, I find that I'm so happy when we win. And in church the next morning, I felt convicted that am I really as happy in worship as I was yesterday when Wales beat England? It's a question for all of us Welsh people to deal with. But you know, when stressful situations come, they come whether it's in work or family or school. But actually, the good news is that the Bible is full of things to help us deal with stress. Sometimes stress will come from a bad situation, but sometimes it's just life. And we need to know what to do with it. We need to know where not to go, and we need to know where to go. So I want to give you something for the stress this morning, better than any cup of tea or any drug. And we're going to look at Psalm 23. It's a classic, and we're going to particularly focus on verse 5. It's used in funerals and that kind of situations, but it can be used for any life situation. My sister, Hai Wen, recently gave birth, and she told me this was the psalm she was saying over herself as she was going through the process, is Psalm 23. So if you want to open your Bibles, I think it's going to come up on the screen. I'm going to read it all the way through, but I want you to particularly focus on verse 5, and we're going to unpack that this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you want a title or if you want one key thought to take away with you this morning, it's simply this. We need to get good at learning to get to the banquet in the battle. Get to the banquet in the battle. This psalm is telling us it's going to come. Stress will come. Hard times will come. But you need to know to get to that banquet. You know, the Psalms are almost like a prayer coach for us. They help us to pray when we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to do. And that's what this verse really helps us to do as well. Now, kind of to visualize it, when I did this sermon before, I did it once in youth, I once to our M congregation. You can imagine this scene of someone's being led by a shepherd up onto the stage. And imagine there was a table here with food and they're being led there. But imagine you had wolves coming at them. But actually, somehow, the shepherd was keeping away the wolves. But while they were snarling in the presence of the enemies, the table is laid. 
And actually, I had a, I had a bonus banquet for in youth because that went down well. So they had the bonus banquet. They had unlimited Pepsi going on. Actually, we need to know to get to the banquet in the battle. And there's three things in verse 5 that really help us here to understand uh, what to do in these situations. And the first is this. It is God who provides the banquet. It's God who provides the banquet. Now, I'm one of these people when I actually, when it comes to chicken, I, I actually rather the, the dark meat, the chicken on the bone. I'm one of those strange people. That's the one I always go for in the roast. But you can see, by the way, this was originally a youth preach because if you go into KFC, you, you're not expecting a Big Mac, okay? What they do there is chicken. That's what they do. Now, there's a point here that's so obvious you can overlook it. But verse 5 begins, you prepare a table for me. Only God can provide this banquet. There is no point looking somewhere else for this comfort because it's only found in him. It's not found anywhere else. Now, so often we overlook this and we ignore this. Even as mature Christians, when a storm comes our way, what we often do is we go back to that which comforts us. So for you, maybe it's, you know, binge, binging on Netflix or it's, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, or it's beer, or it's whatever it is. They can be bad things, they can be good things, they can be neutral things. But whatever it is, that's your temptation. That when stress comes, that's the thing you go to. You know, we're, i got to be honest, on behalf of everyone internationally, we are jealous of you. We're, we're struggling with the jealousy of Armanford because we are jealous of Coltown. We're, we're going to put it out there. We're going to say it right now. You know, we will give you one of our Starbucks, our Costa, and one of our Subways in return for, for it. We, we would do that. Because you have a place to go, and maybe for you, that's like, are you going to have a coffee? Maybe that's what helps you out. But maybe those things will give you a quick fix, but they're not the place where you get the deep peace and comfort you're looking for. I know the feeling that when I'm stressed, I tend to run back to old habits first before I go to God often. You know, the, the Proverbs put it like this memorably, as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. We all have this tendency. But the psalmist wants to tell you this morning, when the stress comes, the thing that will satisfy you, the thing that will bring peace, that will bring refreshment, is found only in God. The psalmist knows it. starts, the Lord is my shepherd. Nobody else, nothing else, no relationship, no place, no, no comfort. The Lord, only the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 121 I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 42 is the deer pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. You know, that's a convicting verse. Do we thirst for God? In a New Testament context, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened. I will give you rest. You can't find it anywhere else. You know, the hymnists, the Welsh hymns, they knew this. Over Yesi Bendigedig, it says, Poisar Yesi de Magravde, see then dal a poisai igid. Lean on Jesus. This is where there is strength. Only he can take the weight of the world. Only he can take the weight of what's going on in our lives. Often we treat God, I think, as our last resort when he should be the first resort. You don't have to wait till you feel like it, right? I don't know if you know that, but, you know, when it comes to getting into your Bible and prayer, often we won't 
feel like it in the hard times. But actually, we're not meant to be led by our feelings. We're meant to lead our feelings. Be a person who leads your feelings. And I know that even when I don't feel like it, after I have gone to God and spent time with Him, I always do feel better for it. It's God who prepares the banquet. Nobody else. He's the only one who can do it. So get to the banquet in the battle. Now, the verse also tells us something else that's interesting and a bit counterintuitive, and it's this. It's telling us there will be a battle. So chill out. There is going to be a battle in the Christian life. It's unavoidable. But you can chill out in that. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm actually a bit of an introvert. So the way I recharge my batteries after a Sunday is, is I like to go off on my own. My wife is actually more of an extrovert, so it's kind of good that she's, she's in work on Monday, so I kind of have a guilt-free time. And uh, she says I'm an oddball because I'm willing to go places on my own on Monday. So I'm willing to go to a coffee shop on my own, no problem. I go for a walk on my own, no problem. I'll even pop in for lunch somewhere on my own. I don't know if there's anyone else like that or if you're just judging me now for doing that, I don't know. But one of my favorite times is on, on a day like this, you know, when it's a, a rainy day, maybe, you know, out somewhere in the middle of nowhere, just the quiet of it all. I really enjoy that. I enjoy that. But actually, here you notice that that's not what's going on here. God isn't saying, the banquet that I have for you, this comfort, this peace, is found only in still places, far away from the battle. That's not what it says. It doesn't say that the banquet is there for you after you get through the battle. That's not what it says. It doesn't say, get the banquet before you go into the battle. But once you're in it, no, no, no. It says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God's comfort, his banquet, is available whilst the battle is raging, in the middle of it all. You don't have to run away from it. He's there waiting in the middle of it. Now, the Bible is being realistic here on one hand, okay? It's saying there will be a battle. Enemies will come. To quote the legendary Kevin Adams, he said once, if you pop your head above the trenches, you're going to get shot at. In other words, if you're going to be serious about following Jesus, opposition will come. If there's no opposition, you're not doing it right. Jesus said, he warned us, he said, you know, the, the way they react to me, it's going to happen to you as well. If you say, well, I, I've got no enemies, but if you follow Christ, then Christ's enemies will see you as their enemy. Now, of course, we love and we forgive and we bless, but it's going to come. The world is a dark, broken place. It's in need of healing. You know, we're in the midst, the Bible talks of a war. There is a spiritual war between two kingdoms going on right now. We don't live in an era of the peace. There's a war to wage. There's a kingdom to build. But at the same time, Scripture is very relaxed about the battle here. The enemies are coming, but what's God doing? God is acting the part of the waiter. He's beckoning the person praying this psalm to come. I've laid the table for you. In the middle of the storm, the arrows are falling, but come. In the presence of the enemies, come. I've prepared a table for you. I've given you the refreshment you need. I can give you the hope, the security, the stability that you need that nobody else can give. I am the one who can give it to you. Legend has it that Sir Francis Drake in 1588 
was playing bowls in the garden when the Spanish Armada was sighted off the coast of Britain. And his response was, there is plenty of time to win the game and thrash the Spaniards too. And so legend has it that he played bowls and then he went off and he did it. But actually, in human terms, that's a very arrogant thing to do, okay? You could have lost the battle. But in the Christian journey, actually, that's kind of how it goes. Because we can't lose. He's already won the victory. We are on the winning side. The battle is the Lord's. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, Paul kind of comes to the climax of that, that chapter where he says, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So God can afford for us to come and eat at the banquet because the victory is already there in the midst of the battle. It's a foregone conclusion. We know what's going to happen. So we can chill out. You know, for those of us here who are maybe a little bit of a control freak, a little bit wanting to manage everything, maybe the word for today is this, God is sovereign. So you can chill out. In the midst of the battle, you don't have to feel guilty for taking time out. Actually, you should take time out to be with God. Find your comfort. Find your strength there. Even in the midst of the storm, get to that banquet in the battle. See, it's God's banquet. And the third and final thing we see in this verse is this, that the free refills keep flowing. The free refills keep flowing. Now, I don't know who loves free refills in restaurants here. One of the things I love about America is that it's just free refills everywhere. You know, as much as you want, sugar tax, Americans laugh at sugar tax. You can have whatever you want. Now, I actually remember the good old days where, when I was in school, when you went for a trip down the freight there, it was a real Wild West mentality because you were given, here's your two pounds and you could have whatever you wanted. I remember one of my friends, you know, we were like 11 years old, first day in, you know, we, off we go down the freight there and they said, we can have whatever you want, whatever you want. So he ordered a plate of chips, five Mars bars, two cans of Coke, Fantastic, healthy lunch for us all. Now, those days are long gone, thanks to drinking Jamie Oliver, wrecking it all, right? And, and now you can't, you know, they took away the drinks machines, they took away the pop, they took it all the way now, so uh, we've got to be healthy. But here we actually see an image of that kind of silly abundance. You know, it's, it's an abundant kind of image. The, the verse, verse 5, ends by saying, you anoint my head with oil. So we've got that anointing, God's hand on you. And then it says, my cup overflows. Now, the truth is, it won't always feel like that in the battle. But again, we don't say our emotions tell us what's true. The Word of God tells us what's true. We live in a post-truth society, but that's not how the Christian life works. There is an ultimate truth. God's Word is truth. Our cup overflows whether we feel like it or not. We are children of God. We are forgiven, we are set free, we are provided for, we are blessed in all circumstances. But it's not just for you. See, the cup is overflowing. So if you imagine a cup that's just constantly overflowing, it's doing that because we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed by God, yes, but to be a blessing to others. The cup is meant to overflow to other people, to other people's cups. Now, when you go to Nando's, you're not meant to do that. That's, you know, conviction time. You're not meant to have one free refill glass and share it around the table, okay? You're not meant to do that. Just saying. But uh, at that point, a lot of the youth were really convicted. But spiritually speaking, your cup is meant to overflow. And if you see this, it'll change your mindset. 
Because that means in the battle, instead of adopting a bare minimum, I'm going to hunker down and just get through this mentality. You're going to say, actually, I want to look for the opportunity in the battle. I want to look for the lesson in the battle. I want to look for the blessing in the battle. I want to look for the way that this is going to help somebody else, that this is going to benefit somebody else, that I'm going to be able to help somebody else because I've gone through this. You start to see the opportunity in the battle. If you, if you know you're going to win, you know, well, why not have a go at things? You know, I used to really struggle with anxiety when it came to public preaching. And I remember the first time I ever preached on a Sunday service. I was 18 years old. And I used to pray before services. God, let there be not many people there today. <laughs> Please, let there be a low attendance to my shame. But now my prayer is, Lord, let there be thousands. I want the gospel to go out to as many people as possible because it's not about me. It's about your word going out to as many people as possible. I want the cup to overflow. I want the blessing to go out to as many people as possible. The question is, will we do the same? See, the free refills keep flowing. And I ask, well, where do we get these refills from? Well, it's God's presence in prayer and in worship, but also through God's word. You know, Jesus rebuked the devil by saying, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word, in the word of God, there is a feast waiting for you. If you're struggling with anxiety or depression, maybe you need to look at Philippians 4. If you're struggling with what to do with sexual ethics, maybe you need to look to 1 Corinthians. Maybe if you want some good advice on friendships, maybe you need to look to the book of Proverbs. Maybe if you want to know how to build an organization where maybe Nehemiah will have something good for you. If you're grappling with a question of suffering, well, Job is your man. If you want to really understand grace, read Leviticus and read Hebrews. You will appreciate grace. If you want to know how it ends, then you've got the book of Revelation. If you want to know how it began and why it's all wrong, you've got Genesis. And if you want to know what it's all about and how, what's the answer to it all, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John have got the answer for you. See, in the word of God, in this, there is a feast waiting for us. The question is, do we make the most of it? Or do we too often ignore it and pick up the Ben and Jerry's instead when the stressful day has come? There is a feast waiting for us there with free refills and this is the kind of feast that when it gets into you it will come out and bless other people as well you will be blessed to be a blessing get to the banquet in the battle i've got one application before i kind of start to wrap up here and you know this kind of message i think a lot of us maybe we know this c.s lewis kind of said once that christians often don't need so much to be taught new things as to be reminded of the things they already know and sometimes we need reminding, I think, of what we already know. I would encourage you this week, schedule in your diary a time to take a break with God. I encourage you to schedule it in, because if you schedule it in, then if someone else says, oh, can I meet you at that time? You can say, actually, you know, my, uh, I'm not free at that time. You don't have to say why. You don't have to say what's going on. You don't have to say, I'm on a date with God, because that'll sound weird. But you can put it in your diary and say, no, this is a time I'm taking out to be with God. I don't encourage you to book in that thing. And whatever works for you, whether it is a coffee shop or whether it's a walk in nature, find your spot. And what I want you to do is I want you to spend some time with worship, spend some time in prayer. And I want you to read Psalm 23 again. But what I want you to do is this week, sometime this week, read Psalm 23 through, but then pray it through adapt it and make it your prayer to God this week. And I'm believing God is going to do something with that. 
I don't know about you, but I want that life. That life that when the storm comes, the stress doesn't steal my joy. A life of joy in every single circumstance, which the Word of God says is available. A life of blessing, where I can be a blessing. A life of seeing the opportunity of the victory in the challenge. It's available. You only have to turn to Him. and He is the one who will give you the feast that your soul needs. But how is this possible? Let me finish with one verse by pointing to the fulfillment of this psalm. See, this psalm talks of a good shepherd that is able to ward off enemies, prepare the banquet for us. The Bible tells us the ultimate enemy of our soul is not people. Ephesians 6 says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Actually, there's spiritual powers behind it. The Bible talks of the devil as a roaring lion seeking to devour us. And the Bible teaches that in our folly, all of us as humans, when we fell, we walked away from God and we walked away from his protection. We left ourselves open to the enemy's weapons of darkness, sin, and death. But that is why Jesus himself came. John 10 verse 11, Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. At the cross, when Jesus died, he laid down his life for the sheep. He died for us. He died in our place. And when he did so, he conquered death. He conquered the devil. He brought about victory for each and every one of us. We now have a restored relationship with God. We have the gift of eternal life, forgiveness of sins, all the blessings of heaven, and a peace that passes all understanding. If in this place there's anyone who doesn't know him, I want to tell you right now, or maybe you once walked with him, but you don't anymore. He loves you, and he's waiting for you. The good shepherd is still awaiting for you. Arms open wide. Will you come to the banquet? Will you come to the ultimate feast? Will you come to the kingdom of heaven and all the blessings that are available? All you have to do is reach out to him. So let me pray and then I'll hand over to Pastor Sammy. But Jesus, I want to thank you so much for the blessings of your word, the blessings of the new covenant, the blessings that I know we can all know right now that whatever storm is going on in this room right now, whatever stressful situations are going on in people's lives, that we know that you have made a provision for us, that you are for us, you are not against us. I thank you for the blessing that is found in your presence, in your word, in prayer, and I pray we would be quick to get to that banquet in the battle and slow to go to other things. Help us to go to you first for all that we need and help us from that place to bless others. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, that they would come to know you. We are sorry for our sins and we thank you for eternal life that is found only in you. We love you in this place and we glorify you together. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you found today's message useful and challenging. And we want to take a moment to offer you some next steps that you can take right now. Why not get in touch with us via email at contact at amfordchurch.com if you have any follow-up questions or things that you'd like to discuss. If you want to know more about what's going on at Amford Church, make sure to like us on Facebook. And lastly, check out our YouTube channel for video teaching in addition to our sermon podcasts. Thanks for listening.